welcome to another episode of Two's Mates Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Ray. And this is episode 15. And today, we are going to talk about Yacht Rock. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> yacht Rock is everywhere. I mean, they even made a disc. Now that's what I call Yacht Rock. And it's interesting because doing a little research on it, and thanks to Michael Kale who threw out this idea, it's really this music that came out from the mid-70s to early 80s, this kind of soft rock. You could kind of crank it on a yacht. What is it all about, right? Tell me you got your disc with you? Yeah, I do. So read off who, what, who the artist. You don't even have to say <laughs> Oh, yeah. Song. It kicks off with... On it. Let's start with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it kicks off with Feel So Good by Chuck Mangione. Okay. You know the instrumental? Mm-hmm. Most of the tunes on here peak right around 79. There's only one that kind of crosses over, which the next one was Africa by Toto. Okay, that's 80. Okay, 82. Yeah. So, then okay. This Is It, Kenny Loggins. Okay. Cool Change, mm. Little River mm-hmm. Band. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that one, that kind of hurt. That was kind of like a, ugh. You know, I felt that. But <laughs> I started thinking like, yeah, okay, I, I, I'm on a yacht. Baby, I Love Your Way, Peter mm-hmm. Frampton. Mm-hmm. Baby Come Back, Player, mm-hmm. Brandy, Looking Glass. You know, Brandy, you're a fine girl. That one always stands out whenever I'm playing somewhere. And then one of my favorites, I don't know why, every time this comes on, I got to crank it up, and I would be on a yacht, and I would blast it. Escape, the Pina mm-hmm. Colada song by Rupert Holmes. Right. Was that 79? Yeah, 79 to yeah, 80. Yeah. Literally, as the decade was changing. What You Won't Do for Love, Bobby Caldwell. Now, here's one. This kind of, I had to listen to this a couple times ago. Oh, yeah, I remember that song. Couldn't Get It Right, Climax Blues Band. Mm-hmm. And then one of our favorites, How Long, Ace, <laughs> which is, you know who the lead singer of that is, right? Surprise, Paul Carrick. Oh, right. Yeah, right. yeah. So, like, he's starting to dip his toe, you know. What was that other band he was in? Tempted Squeeze. He was in Squeeze, Squeeze yeah, and then Squeeze. Mike and Mechanics. Yeah. And then here's one. I think this was a number one hit. I just want to stop. Gino Valeni. We Just Disagree, Dave Mason. Crazy Love by Poco. Uh-huh. Here was another one that kind of hit me hard, kind of like the Climax Blues Band. Jackie Blue by the Ozark Mountain Daredevils. Okay. Now, this one totally is Yacht Rock. Love Will Find a Way by Pablo oh, Cruz. Yeah. I'm yeah. Not in Love, 10cc. Okay. And yeah. then the last one kind of was like a kick in the stomach. Longer by Dan Fogelberg. Oh, yeah. Now, anytime Dan Fogelberg comes on, I feel like a tissue box with some strings <laughs> comes down, and I just want to curl up in a corner and cry in, into this the entire context of the box for the song. So, you know, you, what was it? Almost a decade ago, I went to the Dan Fogelberg Memorial. I did not know Georgia, that. Peoria, Illinois, right, you know, right along the river there. No. And, uh, they, I, in Peoria, I was driving into Peoria. I didn't know that Dan Fogelberg was from, from Peoria. I was driving in. I went to a conference there. I stayed with some relatives who live just outside of Peoria. And as I was driving in, I saw a street that said Fogelberg Way. Hmm. And I was like, well, there's only one Fogelberg I know, right? <laughs> I was like, nah. And then I checked and I went to my, my aunt and uncle's house. And sure enough, it was Dan Fogelberg. And I found out there was a moment. I saw a little sign that said Dan Fogelberg Memorial. And I went down. And when I asked people about it, the people around there are really proud of Dan Fogelberg. And it was really cool. To, I mean, it wasn't cool because, you know, he passed away prematurely. But it was cool to be able to, to stand there. It's right along these three big big stones right right by the river. And they have a passage in it. But yeah, Dan Fogelberg. I think there's there's a number of themes going on here. And a lot of this music, it's about love. 
It's about relationship. It's just about everyday life. And I think that to me, he wasn't on the things you mentioned. Um, although when I think of, of Yacht Rock, the Rupert Holmes Escape the Pina Colada song comes to mind immediately. You know, that's one mm-hmm. of the, the ones that just and because it has that feel. It's like this. OK, I'm hanging out, you know, oh, if you like Pina Colada, you know, it's like this feel goody thing. Mm-hmm. Right. But the other artist that comes to mind immediately is Christopher Cross. Oh, it's missing Christopher Cross, 100%. Yeah, I was surprised he wasn't on there. And sailing is usually the one that gets associated with Yacht Rock the most, probably because, well, it's about sailing, right? So, you know, (laughs) uh, it fits. But I remember years ago reading or seeing an interview with him, and it was when he had his first album came out in 79, and in 1980, he swept the Grammy, right? He's the only person in history to win Record of the Year, Album of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best New Artist at the same Grammy Awards. And he won it for his you know, his debut album, Christopher Cross, and the song Sailing run Record of the Year and Song of the Year. And again, he's the only person to ever do that. And he was talking about it in this interview that I saw or something. I can't remember if it was an interview from the time or it was an interview later. And he was talking to reflecting back on it. But he said, you know, people just wanted something that wasn't political. And this was just just feel good songs. You think about like Never Be the Same and Sailing and Ride Like the Wind. These were songs that were just about stuff. Right. You know, this was a time, the late 70s, when politically there was a lot going on in terms of music. You had these two, well, three really big things going on. Well, four, if you want to even kind of dive into the weeds a little bit. So disco is fading. It's coming to its end, but it's still big. Um, And if you're looking at the time period we're talking about, right, the mid-70s to the early 80s, this is the disco era. And disco is seen as not political, but it had political elements to it in terms of who got representation. But it also, it had this certain stigma almost to it. Certainly by the time you get into the mid 80s and everybody's like disco's dead, disco sucks, you know, seen as this empty surface music, shallow music. And at the same time, it was so meaningful in in the late 70s context. And certainly, you know, you had great artists like the Bee Gees and Donna Summer, et cetera, doing this stuff. You had punk, which was very much political that was very much stripped down rock and roll. You had the development of metal. So metal had been developing since the mid 60s and really was was in its heyday at that point. And then the real underground one was this is when rap hip hop is really kind of getting started. It's not on the mainstream consciousness yet, except for little dabs here and there, like Blondie's Rapture, you know, Sugar Hill Gang starts coming along, uh, Grandmaster Flash of Furious Five. There's all this stuff going on. And so I think... Yacht Rock speaks to the same thing that Christopher Cross was talking about, where he was like, well, I just wanted to write a song. It wasn't about what's going on socially, what's going on politically. It wasn't about uh, how can we advance music in terms of guitar and rock or how can we put a wall of sound like like disco. It was just about, dude, I just want to write a song about like a simple song about stuff. And that was the idea. And then so he goes on and sweeps the Grammys because there's this whole group that really sort of associated with that. And I think Yacht Rock is speaking back to that. Yeah. And what makes me smile is that there are so many other songs, like you were saying, you're talking about Christopher Cross, you're talking about that time period and what emerged. And I'm thinking here's some other artists that pop out. What about the Doobie Brothers? Mm -hmm. What a fool Mm -hmm. believes. And then you've got the whole Michael McDonald thing, you know, I keep forgetting. And then also I know, We've talked on some prior podcasts about Donald Fagan, and I think about Hey 19 and everything that he did together 
with Steely Dan. And there's so much there to unpack with that music because it's a lot of studio craftsmanship. But yep. once again, it's talking about subjects that are very, I guess, as you said earlier, love songs. And the number one factor that I think about, because I've been on yachts, is you are cruising on the sea and you are cranking music to feel good, to add to the wind and being out on the water. It's adding another element to the entire equation when you're out there. So you've got to have feel-good music. And there's something about this period that maybe it was the time that was devoted in the studio. Maybe it was the creation process. Maybe it was the factor you're talking about with that period where I'm creating music because it's so bad politically and let's get out of this disco era. The factor I keep thinking about is I'm blasting tunes and I'm on a yacht. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You mentioned the sort of studio time. If we look at these artists, you think of Dan Fogelberg, Kenny Loggins, Toto, the Doobie Brothers, go down the list. Hall and Oates. Yeah. Boz Skaggs. Yes, yes. You know, I can't go for that. No can do. These are all very talented artists who very much take their craft seriously. These are great musicians Mm -hmm. and great songwriters. We're talking about music that is well-crafted, well-produced in the studio, has a good sound, a full sound. It's Again, it's not the disco sound. That was the, the wall of sound is what they called it. But it would have elements of the same kind of, we're going to have complexity to this. So it's, it's interesting because it's kind of a, a contrast. It's simple. It's about just love and everyday stuff. But it's also... The songs have layers to the to the musical lines. They're not like Queen, right, where they've got like this, we're going to really play around with this stuff. It's more about the traditional sort of songwriter. But the other key is that it's rock. But it's these people who are now considered light rock artists. In the late 70s, early 80s, they were pop. They were top 40. Mm-hmm. Now they're very much the staple of light rock music. And, and adult contemporary music. And you mentioned, yeah, the Doobie Brothers is a great example. I mean, think about the song, listen to the music. Does that not embody this as well as anything? What are we doing? We're, whoa, whoa, we're listening to the music. Or like you said, what a fool believes. It's, just about, it's about somebody foolishly loving somebody. Or even the other one that comes to mind, Air Supply. I mean, Air Supply fits right in with this whole thing. It's well-produced, well-written music. They were at their peak, late 70s, early 80s. Uh, well, really the 80s. And and again, it's about just love and everyday themes kind of stuff. I was thinking about a couple words that come to mind. Yes, definitely light rock, but I keep thinking about smooth. That they, <laughs> It's this blend. And the other word is, well, I guess it's two words, feel good. Mm-hmm. So it's this smooth, feel good music. And I think the last word I keep thinking about was soulful. All the singers have embodied something that you are engaged to listen to. And I'm thinking about Daryl Hall to Kenny Loggins to Michael McDonald. I'm even thinking about, remember the Catherine and Tennille where they have love will oh, keep yeah. us together? Yeah. I mean, think about that song. Ambrosia. Yeah, Ambrosia's great, Peaches and Herb. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Captain Tennille definitely fits with this. You know, it's funny, we mentioned Kenny Loggins. About a, two weeks ago, I was listening to the car radio, Heart to Heart came on. Remember that one from Kenny Loggins? Mm-hmm. And I listening to that song, you mentioned soulful and smooth. I had never really thought about it. I mean, I, I love Kenny Loggins. You know, I, I listen to a lot of his stuff. 
And I, I mean, I, it's funny, when I went to Peoria for that conference, I was actually giving a paper on Rory McIlroy, the golfer, and hmm. about press coverage of him and how he got compared to Danny Noonan from Caddyshack, which is a movie that fits right along with this whole thing. I mean, Caddyshack, the movie, really kind of has that same kind of, hell, they have yachts in the movie. You know, Rodney Dangerfield out blasting music on his yacht. And I called the, the paper, I'm All Right, and I built it around the Kenny Loggins song. I mean, here's this song about, hey, I'm all right, nobody worry about me. But I was listening to Heart to Heart, and I thought, God, this song highlights how well Kenny Loggins sings, perhaps as good as anything, because it's the vocalization of things, the way the the cadence with which he puts things, it's like he's it just feels natural. And of course, he's practiced, he's produced, he's he knows what he's doing, but it just shows how good of, of a voice he has. And that fits right in here. I mean, Daryl Hall's voice is astounding. Michael McDonald's voice, you know, you mentioned the soulful, the idea that he captures that soulfulness, I mean, probably as well as any white artist has ever has. And so, yeah, I think, you know, the kind of connections you're making fit right in with this. And so there's this whole kind of, like you said, feel good, but there's a feel that goes with it. I'm trying not to laugh too hard, but Ray, I'm going to go off the deep end here. And <laughs> I'm already there. <laughs> the question I have is, but why yacht? I saw yuppies being referenced earlier in some yep. description. It could be boat rock. It could be cruise rock. It could be... Any other word, but the word yacht brings out a different aura thought yep. process. Does that tie into that, that whole revolution you were talking about, the crossover? I, I think it absolutely does. And so it's it's another sort of contrast here that on the one hand, it's simple, but on the other hand, the music's complex. And the other sort of contrast we're kind of getting at is at a time when, like I said, Christopher Cross said, you know, I just want something that wasn't really political. Well, I mean, if you study culture and you study popular culture, you it's hard not to come to the conclusion that, well, even stuff that's quote unquote not political has a political element to it, or it represents certain groups. And if you're thinking about political in the, the sort of broad sense here, it's not just like partisan political Democrats and Republicans and blah, blah, blah. It's, this is about politics in terms of who gets included, who gets excluded, and who gets marginalized. And so Yacht does symbolize what's going on here. And I think it's a social class thing. And it's not just that because it's also a white thing. Not that it doesn't mean everybody who does this is white. What it means is that the the movement, by and large, represents white folks. And it represents, I think, also baby boomers. And so there's a generational thing here. And so the folks who I think, or the identification that I think goes on here is with this time period where there's all this other stuff going on, disco, rap, hip hop, these are reflective of new developments in African-American culture. Um, there was certainly a Latino movement at the time, and some of that's reflected at times in this. And then the the punk rock and hard rock was more of a working class thing. And so, I mean, yeah, boat rock doesn't count it. Yacht rock em embodies that I have the social class status to be able to do this, that I've got the money and the means to do this. So it reflects a certain social class or and or and it reflects a generational class. So these are, you've got a lot of baby boomers who they're now in their 70s, 60s, 70s, and they maybe own a yacht because they've, they're at a point where they can do that, or they don't own a yacht, but they have the means or the time, maybe they're retired, whatever, to have even a small boat 
and still be kind of blasting this and it makes them feel like, hey, I made it and I've got my my thing here. So I think a lot of this is there's a certain memory thing that the oldest of the baby boomers were in there, were turning 30 in 1976. And so we're in their 30s during this was the time period of their 30s. I mean, we think about the show from from the 80s, 30 something. This is the same group that's really kind of connected to the main audience for shows like that in the 1980s. And so I think there's a whole public memory thing going on here that this is reliving and sort of romanticizing that time period and a certain type of music that gets associated with that time period and so yeah yacht kind of represents that and what i also started thinking about was that so there's a whole channel on sirius xm called yacht rock i mean they're they're cranking this out like there's nobody's business Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i started thinking about that if I'm an artist, there's so many artists out there, for example, that hate being classified as you're a hair metal band artist. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hair metal band. What are you talking about? So I'm right. wondering how these artists feel about being classified as, oh, you're a yacht rock artist. What are you talking about? You know, I didn't you know, aspire to be a yacht rock artist. And then on top of that, I started thinking of this is a time period of music, but there are definite artists that are out now that have a sound that they're trying to emulate from this period. So could artists that are out now fall into this genre or is it specifically have to be, it seems like the rule is it has to be, you know, mid seventies, early eighties to fit in here. I'm not seeing any new artists in this category. That's a good question. I think to the, whether artists want to be part of it or not, I mean, it's going to depend on the artists. There are some who are probably going to be like, that's not me. That's not what I stand for. That's not what I'm doing. There are other artists who are going to be quite fine with it. The interesting thing that that makes me think of, I've mentioned on here before, I listened to eighties on eight on Sirius XM a lot, and they've always got these eighties cruises going on. They're all constantly advertising for this year's, 80s cruise in March or April or whenever it is. And they'll talk about the artists who are going to be there. And so I think for a lot of older artists, just like having a a residency in Las Vegas or going around playing casinos is what a lot of the artists from 30, 40 years ago, where do you find them? They're playing casinos. And the same kind of thing, these artists will play cruises. Well, once we start talking cruise, we're only like one step away from us, and it's a very small step from yacht, from the idea of I'm on a boat out on the ocean. And again, this is where the Christopher Cross comes in. It's that sailing idea, that idea, that song, and I love that song. It's among my favorites from the 80s. It's this idea of the canvas can do miracle, that the canvas takes you away, that when you're out on a boat, it's like you're free. And so I think there's a thing that that's really connects to human and American desires for freedom there. The idea that we're out, we're just enjoying ourselves and, and people associate being out on the water on a boat with that. Cruises play to that. Yacht rock plays to that. Now, whether there are new artists who could fit this, that's a very good question and something I haven't really thought about. Although as I'm talking and I mentioned sailing, I remember 20 years ago that InSync remade sailing and I saw them do it in concert. And I think if there is an artist who might be able to do this, it'd be Justin Timberlake. Hmm. Um, Think about something like Can't Stop the Feeling as something that, I don't know whether that it's the right song, but it has the feel. It's just about having fun and dancing and enjoying things. He's got the the image to go with this. He's hosted golf tournaments. Mm -hmm. He's... He's as much a Frank Sinatra type character as we can have in today's media market. And that's not to say that he is 
He certainly has the same quality as Sinatra, but there's a certain thing that he has and a certain status that he has. And he may not be alone, but he's the one who comes to mind. I'm going to go on a, a total limb. I'm going off the plank. I'm trying to put in some bad nautical humor here. Yeah, there you go. There but you go. Yeah, I don't, started... don't drown. <laughs> yeah. I wrote this post a while ago on Toonsmate, and I called it Soft Rap. So I was like, you know, welcome to Soft Rap 106.5. But, you know, so you've got soft rock. And I know there's some artists that aren't going to, like, be categorized here. But I started thinking about if there was one artist that could cross over into yacht rock, if they were a rap artist, it would be Will Smith. I think yeah, totally. that, that you could do Summertime. Think about that. That song, totally. Summertime, it could fit right in here. You've yeah. got Getting Jiggy With It. Get and with it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. all those songs, even MIB, he sampled, you know, Patrice yep. Russian, you know, Forget Me Nots, which is an 80s, that kind of that same time period. So I think Patrice would, Forget Me Nots, would fit right into this category. So I started thinking, like, if we were to augment this, and I know that we're kind of straddling this hemisphere another mm -hmm. bad nautical joke, is that there could be other artists that could cross over into this as the demographic ages. And I know that we're <laughs> focusing on this time period, but we could broaden it if if it is supposed to be considered kind of the smooth. If we, if we look at those characteristics of smooth, soulful, and some of the other words we threw out earlier, some other artists could fit in there. Okay, that's fascinating. I'm like, I'm totally fascinated now. Now, whether this would equate or not, did you get my joke there? Um, the idea that – so this is basically replaying 40 years ago, this Yacht Rock thing. Mm -hmm. I mean literally 40 years ago right now, Escape, Pina Colada song, was at number two, having dropped from number one, and it was going to go back for another week in a, in a week or two. So we're talking about Casey and the Sunshine Band was the song that dislodged it for a week. This is Yacht Rock type stuff. So think – what we're talking about. When you brought up Will Smith, that just made so much sense. Like you said, summertime, getting jiggy with that came right, right to mind for me. So we think, okay, let's go forward about 20 to 25 years. And even 20 years will do it. 20 years will do it because we're 25 years away from the mid-90s now. So 20 years from now is about the same time period as what we're talking about. And so we take stuff that came out from like 95, 96 through about 04, 05, and you're going to throw – so you're going to have – there's some Jay-Z that would work here. I mean, imagine Empire State of Mind, New York. I mean, playing that on – Macarena's in there. Yeah, 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 exactly, with Alicia Keys. Now, we're also, though, this is also then talking about – how music has changed because we're also recognizing that by the late late 90s mid aughts mid zeros there's been much more african-american inclusion in this versus the late 70s which wasn't i mean it wasn't completely excluded but it was still a largely white then and i think what we very well could see in heck even 15 years and certainly in 20 when we're looking at the same time period we're going to see a bunch of gen x folks our age so in 20 years we're in our late 60s so we're at the same period that these baby boomers are at, and these folks are reliving that time period. And of course, there was all kinds of stuff going on politically then, and there were all these movements, right? You've got grunge, you've got the, the real development of hip-hop, you've got all this, all the hardcore electronic music type stuff that's developing, and they're going to look back and say, yeah, but we had fun music. And, you know, you could listen to Vanessa Carlton's A Thousand Miles. Again, you could go to Will Smith. You could say this stuff. Yeah, I think you're onto something. I think that in 
I would not be, and it could be even less because I think given how the consumer market works, it may not even take that long to get there. But certainly in 20 years when a lot of, of us Gen X folks are, you know, at retirement age and well, never mind, none of us are ever going to have the means for it because we're Gen X and we're getting skipped. So we got to go on to millennials. But right. no, but seriously, when Gen X folks are that age, you very well might see, and maybe it's not called Yacht Rocker, it's called something modern yacht rock <laughs> flying car rock because alternative yacht rock <laughs> <laughs> that's right well I don't, I, I don't have money for a yacht now so i'm just gonna buy a drone or you know, maybe it'd be drone rocker it's actually gonna be virtual reality you're not actually that's on right. a yacht. you just think you are you know exactly virtual yeah. yacht rock there you go virtual yacht rock check out no, my that's yacht actually what millennials are gonna have in, in 30 40 years that's right uh, this we're is gonna, fascinating we're gonna have the yacht rock part two and I totally, I think we should try to invest in this right now. Cause yeah. We'll start, we'll <laughs> start working on it now. Money. That's right. Let's start getting our playlist together and we'll get totally. our Sirius XM satellite station together and we can host it. It's beautiful. <laughs> we got it all planned out. Well, this has been fascinating talking about Yacht Rock. I think as we look back, it's fascinating to think about as we were piecing together here that this pattern can be repeated and maybe it was even repeated before yacht rock i i didn't even think about the time period before this but since we're immersed in it it's there enjoy it there are music channels devoted to it there are music compilations devoted to it we started tacking on other songs and if you're interested shoot us what your favorite yacht rock song is and we'll we'll add it to the post we hope, really hope you enjoyed this conversation about yacht rock any final words on yacht rock i think this is fascinating this has been just i've got a lot of food for thought here okay now on tunesmate we always have a title title and this round, I wanted to see what your opinion is. The one okay. we currently have up is Jump. Okay, so you've got Jump by Van Halen, and you've got Jump by the Pointer Sisters. Now, the Pointer Sisters had in parentheses for my love, but we're going right. to go Jump versus Jump. If you had to pick a Jump, oh. would there be one that would stand out to you? This is like a no-brainer for me. It's Van Halen. I can't even... What's it? Where's Chris Cross in all this? Let's throw him in the mix. Yeah, not we'll, like that's we'll gonna affect my opinion, but Van Halen. That this is not. I mean, Jump for My Love. I mean, technically, that yeah, the title has the the parentheses part, but uh, Van Halen's Jump is so classic to me that I can't even. There's not. <laughs> there's not even a contest for me. Yeah, you you know which way I would go, but yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's uh, definitely would go down the Van Halen route. But I think it is interesting how the song Jump just. That song itself had different meanings, and maybe that could be a whole other conversation we have in the future of of how different songs are translated by different lyrics and what they mean. So we'll unpack uh, that and, in the future. And Billie Eilish apparently won't know what it is, so you know who what <laughs> did you, you did you hear about that? The, the interview a few weeks ago. I where totally Billie Eilish did. didn't know who Van Halen is. Right, and I love Wolfgang Van Halen's response. He was like, "Well, if Billy, if you don't know who Van Halen is, check out." Van Halen music and anybody who doesn't know who Billie Eilish is, check out her music. It was it was very, very subtle and outstanding. It was very classy, so I, I enjoyed that. And then someone responded on his Twitter account, which I thought was funny. They're like, you know, go away, boomer, and he's like, I'm twenty eight years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so I thought that was pretty classic. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode and We'll have many more coming up in the future. And once again, I'm Mark. And I'm Ray. And we'll see you next time.